Hi, my name is Tyler Mowry, and welcome to the Writer's Mind Podcast, episode 15. All right, welcome to the Writer's Mind Podcast once again. If you are looking for episode 16, you can find it on the Patreon along with all of the other even episodes. Link is in the description. So today what I want to talk about is building philosophical conflict in a story. And what I want to do in this podcast is take you through that process. So a member of the Patreon asked if I could make a podcast on this topic and he wanted to watch me go through and create a philosophical conflict and build it out. And so that's what I want to do in this episode today. So the first thing that you should do when you are building a philosophical conflict is understand what that is and how it applies to your story. So a philosophical conflict is different ways to live in conflict in a story. That is what it is, essentially. So people have different life philosophies. You could also call that worldviews. You could also call it differing views on morality, differing views on reality and how these things work. And that is where you start. And so... When you are thinking about philosophical conflict, what you are really doing is thinking about how to live life and asking questions about how to live. So, as we live in the world, what we are doing constantly is telling each other what we believe is the best way to live to our current knowledge base, right? So... This applies not only to stories, and stories it's the most overt and clear, but it applies to all sorts of different areas of life. So when somebody gives you their opinion on a food or the job to take or the city to live in, many times what they are unconsciously doing is they are taking their viewpoint on what is the best way to live life and then giving that to you in some way. Now, this is colored by their personal experience, their personal worldview, what they've read, what they've studied. Whatever their worldview is, you are receiving a piece of that when they say, oh, here's what you should do, or I view it this way. And so, when you were coming into a story... That is what you want to look at a story. You want to look at a story as trying to answer the question of what is the best way to live or how do these particular people live or how does this particular character live and what can we learn from that? So a lot of people today like to talk about how stories you know, don't have a particular goal. They are just for the story's sake or that stories should not have a message. And I've talked about this in earlier episodes where I just don't believe that this is true at all. I think this is a, um, what's the word? This is a symptom of our culture that says that the things that we do do not hold meaning or they should not hold purpose. 
that is larger than us, and I just completely disregard this idea. I believe that stories do have meaning, they they do have purpose, and there should be some sort of objective journey that you're going on throughout a story. And I think that that is the best way that human beings can give each other information on what is the best way to live and how other people do live. And it's the clearest way to do that from my view. And if you think about it, this is how biographies of other people work, where we take a person who built something, they built a nation, or they built a company, or they built a family, and we examine what they did, and through that examination, we are asking, is this a beneficial way to live? Is this a good way to live? Is this the best way to live? That is what many religions are also trying to do. They are trying to say, hey, this is the best way to live. This is what happens next. This is how we fill in all the gaps. That's what they're trying to do. So when you come into a story, that is what you are coming in with. You are coming in with your worldview, your experiences, and the questions that you are asking, and you start with a philosophical conflict. So when you're trying to figure out, we can look at all sorts of different philosophical questions and conflicts. One of the most popular is this idea of sacrificing for greatness. Is it a good thing to sacrifice for greatness? What should be sacrificed for the things that we want to achieve? Is self-achievement even a worthy goal? Or is that just a completely selfish idea? What is selfishness? Is selfishness unethical? Or is it ethical? Should we live within our own selfishness? Or should we live with our, should we live for ourselves? Or should we live for others? So this is a big philosophical conflict that many stories try to take different looks at. So when you're writing a story, you can start with this. So we have this question, sacrificing for greatness. Or we have this question, should we sacrifice for the things that we want to achieve? Okay, so now you have your main character, and your main character is essentially asking this question. Then what you have is you build the characters around them. So you say, okay, there should be a character that is living within the idea that greatness is the only thing that matters and everything else should be sacrificed in pursuit of that goal. So that's one of the characters in your protagonist's world. Another character sits on the opposite and says that greatness or the desire to achieve greatness is a selfish ambition that is not for the good of the community or for, for, or for humanity and that there are other more noble, selfless achievements to focus on. Then you can have other characters that sit on some point on that spectrum, right? Because when you have the two extremes, then you have your protagonist that's kind of sitting in the middle and then you have other characters that sit around them. So then you have a character that maybe pulls them in the direction to give up their ambition and do something else. Or maybe you have a character who is living well and living in a good way, yet is being utterly selfless, and that challenges the worldview of your protagonist. Or you have a character that has gotten everything that they ever wanted by being selfish and going for the things that they want and going for their own greatness and heavily sacrificing. And so then, now, suddenly you have 
four, four or five important characters for your story that are all swirling around this idea. And then from there, you are just building a structure of a story and you are trying to challenge all of the different ideas along that spectrum in your story. So the protagonist is going to be challenged and they are going to move in one direction or move in the other direction depending on a particular scene or depending on something that changes their situation and pushes them in one direction or the other. And so then when you come to your climax of your story, ultimately your protagonist is going to make a decision. How are they going to live? What does your protagonist believe is the best way? And they're going to make a decision based upon that. And that is the most basic function of philosophical conflict and how it works. Another example would be the idea of control versus freedom, right? You could have a story where you have a tyrannical regime, a protagonist living within that regime, and people who want freedom. And then you build out characters around that idea. So maybe you have the dictator of this regime or the leader of this regime, and they have beliefs And some of their beliefs is that people need control, they need boundaries, because this is what creates security. And so you can't have freedom because this creates everyone living in a state without any sort of security whatsoever. And when everyone is free, then we can never be a collective, we can never be a unit, and then we are open to all sorts of destruction. And so now you're creating real antagonistic beliefs to your main character who may believe that freedom is the goal and that we should sacrifice to gain freedom. Then you can have another character who is also a part of this population that is being controlled, but they believe that the security they're finding in this regime is good. And they agree with the leader of this regime that freedom is too dangerous and that the people around this character cannot handle that freedom. And so do you see now that once you solidify what your philosophical question is, what your philosophical conflict is, then the important characters of your story really just begin to reveal themselves out of that main question. Suddenly you have a group of characters that are important to your story simply out of the philosophical conflict. And that's how you create strong characters and compelling characters that are actually important for your story. And so even within that idea, this idea of control versus freedom, this philosophical conflict, you have conflicts within that. You know, should you fight for your values or is it better to not fight for those values and say, give your children security? there's another character. Another character could be a child where it's, uh, sure, you might be able to earn freedom, maybe, but it may come at the cost of placing your child in greater danger than they are currently in. And so this is how you begin to create real dilemmas in your story and real character conflict and real opposition to what your different characters believe. And this is the core of storytelling. This is the purpose of stories. This is why we have them. This is why they've existed for as long as they have and have been a core element of human consciousness for so long because of this idea. 
because we are able to examine different ideas through the lens of a story, through the lens of this anecdote, essentially. And it allows us to change and shift and have our worldview challenged without having to go through every single experience. And so what it allows us to do is it allows us to philosophically learn quicker than we otherwise might be able to. And so then, what you do is you have these philosophical conflicts and you have these characters and then now we can talk about the structure of your story. So people like to talk about how structure is so evil and bad and not good for your story. But if you understand what structure is for within the lens of philosophical conflict, then it makes so much more sense. Because structure is merely you putting a... You know, you putting... <laughs> I'm trying not to say structure is you putting structure, but story structure is you giving guidelines and focus to your philosophical conflict through your characters. Because what can happen very easily is you can just take thoughts down all of these different rabbit holes and then you just have this mess. And so what structure does is it gives you guidelines to set your story on so that the audience and yourself can clearly watch the change in the beliefs of your characters and in the philosophical conflict happen over the course of your story. And if you can't actually watch that happen, if you can't actually watch the change, then what you are creating is just going to be so scattered and unfocused that it's not going to be beneficial to anyone. And that is why structure matters. And it is also why it is of less importance than the first two elements, which are philosophical conflict and characters. Those are the first two elements of any story, period. Then we can start talking about how we want to structure that story. And this is also why if you are adapting a story, let's say, if you're adapting a story, you start with your philosophical conflict and your characters. Because you can take those two elements and place them into all sorts of mediums and all sorts of stories. What you can't place into different mediums is a Blake Snyder beat sheet from Save the Cat. It doesn't work for a, sh for a, a short story. It doesn't work for, a, for, for some of these things. And so this is why understanding the purpose of structure is going to help you build a better story and focus that story. And so back to philosophical conflict, when you are like, I really think it's, it's beneficial for writers who are learning the skill of writing to take philosophical conflicts that are easy for them to understand and then use that to get a handle on how philosophical conflict and character beliefs actually create character action, which then creates your story. That gives you an understanding of the skill set of doing that. And then once you have an understanding of how that system works, now we can talk about the good stuff, which is that the best philosophical conflicts 
are the ones that you struggle with yourself. So when you don't know the answer to a conflict because it's something that you're struggling with in your own life, that is where you really can create a great story. That's where you really can create a story that people haven't seen all of the time. People try to write concepts and make stories that are conceptually based and say, oh, look, it's so original, it's so different. But if you want to get to a point where you're actually making stories that feel different and unique to people, then what you are doing is you are bringing your personal philosophical conflicts out of yourself. And even if they are totally incongruent to the society around you, you are presenting them and you are saying, here's what I struggle with. I'm not sure about this. And here's what I think the best way to live is. Here's what I think is the best way to do this. And your own philosophy can grow and mold and change. Just because you make a story about an idea doesn't mean that that has to be your idea forever. But it's your idea in a certain place of life, right? Um, I actually, anytime that you can see a storyteller have that development of their own philosophy, that's really interesting to me because I really don't think you see it very much. Usually you see writers stay in a lane and make the same sort of stories again and again without really any true development on that idea. And I think that's sad, but I think that, you know, you don't have to be that way and I don't have to be that way. And we can actually take the things that we are struggling with as people and present them to other people and say, hey, what do you think about this? And I think that's a really great place where stories can actually change yourself and actually change the people that take in that story. And I think that when when we can really get in into that space, when we can really allow ourselves to be honest with our philosophical struggles, then that honesty is where you can really get originality right? Because a lot of people, they want to write stories like the fun movies they've seen. And that's kind of where I started too. You know, when I first started writing, I was like, oh, I want to just write thrillers because thrillers are so fun and interesting. And I love tension and I love, you know, the, the, the intense page turning of what's going to happen next. And that's fun for a while, but then you realize that That's only genre and concept based. And then you have to start going into the deeper levels of a story. The reason ideas like Joseph Campbell's uh, hero archetype exist is because there is the, there's a few things that we as human beings have kind of figured out. And, you know, when you look at history, when you look at cultures, you see certain stories have recurring themes because we sort of realized collectively that these were some of the ways that we knew made sense to live in this way. And so now we come to today and people like to just write in, they they want to retread the ideas that we already have understood. And there's not necessarily something totally wrong with that idea. I mean, there's a lot of great stories. We we want to be reminded of things. I mean, 
we want to be reminded of of how we should live. We want to be re-encouraged on what we should be doing in the ways that we should be living. And then I also think that it's very important as we are living in such a different society than any of the societies that have existed before with the interconnectedness, the advent of the internet, the advent of modern society as a concept, right? Because we we look at this world around us and we we should we should realize that the world that we live in now is maybe two generations old, maybe. And with the internet it's it's even younger. And it's important to realize that there are certain things that we figured out and we're also living in new situations consistently. And we are having to struggle through different problems, different moral problems, different philosophical problems consistently and bringing those out of your personal experience and then bringing those to other people is how you can create great stories. But you can't do that unless you are thinking critically, unless you are building your mind in a way where you can be aware and recognize the thought patterns that you have and the events in your life that have shaped you. And if you can't do that, you're never going to write anything of value. That's why this podcast exists. And so, all philosophical conflict, all great philosophical conflict in your stories is ultimately going to come from your personal experience and your understanding of these conflicts. If you aren't truly trying to get into the weeds and have your own thoughts and draw your own conclusions, then you're always just going to write things that people have seen. It doesn't matter how many concepts you toss into your story. If you don't write from that singular focus of figuring out your philosophical conflict, all of the things you write are just going to be retreads of other information because that's what is in your mind. Your mind will just be a retreading of what other people have told you. And I think that what is interesting is that when you actually begin that process, you start to realize that there's a lot of things you disagree with others on. And there's a lot of things in your worldview that do not align with what it seems like everyone else thinks. But that's valuable to you because that those ideas, the ideas that you are holding that don't align with the people around you, those are the ones that you need to make stories on because those are the most interesting ones. So that's what I have for you today. I hope that's interesting. And I hope that gives you a bit of an understanding of how you can start at a very, very simple place to build your story in the right direction. Remember that it is about simplicity in what the focus of your story is. Don't try to make your story about 17 things. Try to make your story about one dilemma one philosophical conflict, one question you're trying to figure out and really, really, really get into that question. May have characters that really force your protagonist to weigh the different views on this question 
And that's what's going to attach your audience to this story when you force them to really think about what they're looking at. And until you can do that, you're going to write mediocre stuff and you're not going to be proud of what you write. But when you can write to that level, that's when you're going to actually get to this point where you are legitimately excited about what you're putting on the page. And I'm continuing to get there. I'm definitely not there yet. And I hope that you can get there as well. So that's what I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you next week.